Hi, thanks for listening to C3 Hobart Online. The following message is part of our series called Different But Same, where we are looking at our created identity, discovering our purpose and our calling. We hope you enjoy this message. Good morning, everybody. Morning to those I haven't met before. My name is Alicia uh, and I get the incredible privilege of speaking the word of God this morning. Amen. It's going to be so, so good. Before I do that, I need to say something. It is uh, our 18th wedding anniversary today. So this gorgeous man dressed up in thongs today, uh, my husband Mark, uh, he's an incredible man. We've been married 18 years today. Um, You are an incredible man. If anybody wants to know how to be one of those, meet him. He leads our family. Uh, with incredible strength, incredible dignity. He works really hard. uh, And he's loved me for, uh, I think it's about 23 years now. So I feel incredibly grateful this morning. So thank you, hon. So we're in a series at the moment um, called Different Ways, Same Purpose. And uh, Pastor Sean's been taking us through the weeks of this series And we've looked at our value. So what is the value of dust? So we all have the same value before God. Isn't that great? We've looked at our purpose, listening and responding to God's voice because he's speaking to all of us and all of us have a purpose. We've looked at our relationships and how we don't want our differences to rip us apart, but we're actually called to be in relationship with one another. And today I want to talk about our legacy our legacy. Different story, same legacy. So when I was 17 years old, I was uh, on an Aussie sports leadership camp. I know, sounds great, doesn't it? Does anyone remember Aussie sports back in the, no, probably only those of us over 40. Amen. (laughs) So Aussie sports leadership camp and I am at Lake Barrington. And for any of you that have been to Lake Barrington in Tasmania, there is a four-kilometre winding hill that goes down to the bottom of the lake. And we were staying there in our camp. Anyway, because it was a sports camp, we had to do silly things like an 80-kilometre cycling ride to Mole Creek and back. And we had to do boats and running and whatever. Anyway, this particular morning, they wake you up 6 a.m. in the morning. And they say, we are actually doing a sprint relay four kilometres up the winding hill. Who likes doing that at six o'clock in the morning? Yes. Anyway, so we all got up and we got ready and the relay started at the bottom of the hill and the baton for the relay was underneath a bucket. And they said, okay, first runner in your team here, next one we want you 1K up, next one 1K up, etc." So I got in the bus, I went up to the, sec- the, to the one kilometre mark ready to take the baton from my first runner. So I'm standing there and it's in, because it's Lake Barrington, it's right in all of these hills and you can hear everything, it echoes around the valley. So uh, I'm there and standing there waiting my position and the whistle goes for the relay. And 10 seconds later, I hear the buckets come off and I hear a blood-curdling scream. I'm like, this is not good. So I stand there and I wait for my first runner. And my team was the first up the hill. So the first kilometre, my runner ran. And they were running with this grotesque look on their face, holding the baton out the front, ready to pass it on. 
And I looked at it and guess what it was? A cold ox tongue. Oh. We had to sprint up a four-kilometre hill holding a cold ox tongue. My question for you this morning is what are you passing on? Do you like it? Preacher's license, find a story, make it relevant. What are you passing on? What are you passing on? What is your legacy? The reality is we will all leave a legacy. Whether you deliberately decide what your legacy is going to be or whether you just exist in the world and subconsciously just happen to play out your life around other people, you will leave a legacy. Your story will live on. Whether your name does, whether your name does not, your story lives on. Whether it's our collective legacy as a society, a legacy for our children, whether it's a legacy at your school, a legacy at C3, or a legacy within your own family, you will have one. What is it that you're passing on? Come with me if you would. We're going to look at uh, the Word this morning and we're going to look at John chapter 9. John chapter 9. And it'll come up on the screen. As Jesus was walking along, he saw a man who'd been blind from birth. Rabbi, his disciples asked him, why was this man born blind? Was it because of his own sins or his parents' sins? Here we have a man born blind, sitting on the side of the road. In fact, this man doesn't even have a name in the Bible. If you read later on in the chapter, he's called, actually the people in his community called him the blind beggar. And the Bible refers to him as the blind man sitting on the side of the road, doing the best he could with the hand of life that he'd been dealt He has no legacy. What does a blind man sitting on the side of the road have as a legacy? He had to get up every day. His society told him he couldn't work. There was no government assistance. They left him to sit on the side of the road. Same thing every day living the best that he could. Society had dictated to the blind man what his options were. Can you relate to the blind man at all in any area of your life? Are you just doing the best with the hand that you've been dealt? It's an interesting question, isn't it? Are there parts of your story where... It wasn't your fault where it was out of your control. Parts of your story that happened to you where now your life might be a function or an outcome of that event or that circumstance in your life. 
whether it's family background, ethnic background, financial situation, they can drive where we end up. They're the hand that we've been dealt as we've all been born into this world. But also there's things that come across in our lives which dent us emotionally. There might have been disappointments. There might have been just obligations, life, going to work from nine to five. How hard is that? Sometimes. But our obligations, and we're just doing the best with the hand that we've been dealt. How do you think about your legacy when you're just in the place of doing day to day? My husband has a really annoying habit every year. Oh, only one. He's perfect, other than that. Every year, when we get to around Christmas, New Year time, we go out to dinner and my husband says, what are your goals for the next five years? (laughs) Who, (laughs) when you've just hit Christmas and you're tired from the year and you're ready for a holiday, who wants to sit there and set goals other than Andrew and Sarah Sipkis for the next five years? Not me. And my husband, he's one of those people, you know, there's one of those people that says, you know, this is what I want to do and he sets a plan and he sticks to it. I'm more kind of like the sanguine type that kind of just, you know, floats around and it happens when it happens and exciting when it does and then doesn't when it doesn't. And I'm just trying to get through life with the hand that I've been dealt. Amen? (laughs) But here's a blind man sitting on the side of the road. doing the best with what life had dealt with him. And then Jesus walks by with his disciples. And they didn't just look at the man and say, well, you know, he's doing his best, throw him a couple of coins, that's about what life's got for him. They started arguing about whose fault it was. Whose fault is that? Whose fault is it? Whose fault is it that your life is where it's at? Is it your fault? Is it your parents' fault? Is it your educational background? Is it your disability, your divorce, your financial situation? Whose fault is it that so many circumstances, experiences, and, and things that we, situations that we face in our lives are not of our doing? Whose fault is it? They happen to us, unexpected, out of the blue. And this scripture is one that I've grappled with in those moments where I've had something happen to me that was not my fault. And it's hard. Look what Jesus says. He says, it was not because of his sins or his parents' sins, Jesus answered. This happened so the power of God could be seen in him. We must quickly carry out the tasks assigned us by the one who sent us. The night is coming and then no one can work. But while I am here in the world, I am the light of the world. Then he spit on the ground, made mud with the saliva and spread the mud over the blind man's eyes. And he told him, go and wash in the pool of Siloam 
which means sent. So the man went and washed and came back seeing. Can we go back to the slide again? This happened so the power of God could be seen in him. What did the man see? What did the community see when they saw the blind man sitting on the side of the road? They saw a blind man. They saw a beggar. That's what we see in our situations. We just look at them and see them for what is actually happening. It is what it is. My life is what it is. My obligations are what they are. My family is what it is. And that's how I see it. And that's going to dictate the type of legacy that I can lead. Jesus walks by and he sees something different. He sees the situation not as the limitation of what is possible, but he says this happened so the power of God could be seen through him. Jesus knows the end of the story. Jesus knows what the purposes of God are. He knows what he intended for your life. He knows how your story interacts with other stories. He knows how many hairs are on your head. He knows what plans he has for your family, for Hobart, for for Tasmania. He knows how the world ends. Proverbs 19.21 says, You can make plans, but the Lord's purpose will prevail. When God determines a purpose, nothing can stop it. Romans 11.29 says, For God's gifts and his call are irrevocable. That means when God calls something or places something on you, it is irrevocable. Which means despite what might happen, it still remains. So when God calls something, when he is determined in his purpose, it is irrevocable, unstoppable, nothing changes it. Nothing can change God's intention for your life. We have an open door whenever we choose to take it. There's no stopping what God started, not what you have done, not what something someone else has done to you. God has always got the same intention for your life. Which reminds me of a whole lot of scriptures that I've heard sitting in church for a number of years. Jeremiah 29, 11, For I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. They are plans for good and not disaster, to give you a future and a hope. And Ephesians 2.10 says, For we are God's handiwork created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. So that says to me that when Jesus looks at me, when Jesus looks at you, he knows the plans and purposes he has for you. He sees the end of the story. He created a set of good works in advance for you to do. So his lens, when he looks at you, is what he intended. But I don't. From where I'm sitting sometimes, on the side of the road, I don't see the end of the story. When I'm in the middle of begging, of being blind, I don't see the end of the story. Sometimes I don't know what the plans and purposes are for my life. 
Sometimes I don't know and I can't see what it is that God intended through this situation, particularly when it's not my fault, particularly when something comes out of nowhere and hits my life. What basis for that is there for that, God? I don't understand. And here's the blind man sitting on the side of the road. Do you wonder if he ever questioned why he was born blind? Why he had to get up every day and beg? He didn't even know on that particular day he was going to have an encounter with Jesus. He didn't know. And yet Jesus knew the end of the story. Jesus said, this happened so the power of God might be seen through him. Here's some mud on your eyes. Go and wash. And the man came back and he could see. A miracle happened. And it says in verse 8, his neighbours and others who knew him as a blind beggar asked each other, isn't this the man who used to sit and beg? And some said he was and others says, no, it just looks like him. But the beggar kept saying, yes, I am the one. They asked him, who healed you? What happened? And he told them, the man they called Jesus made mud and he spread it over my eyes and he told me, go, and he told me, go to the pool of Siloam and wash yourself. So I went and washed and now I can see. The story goes on. He testifies in the synagogue. He goes into the most intimidating Jewish, Jewish rulers of the time and he says, I don't know what you think. I don't know who this guy is, but all I know is I was blind and now I see. His life became a testimony for the power of God. This blind man is a demonstration that no matter what happens in your life, God is determined to achieve his purpose through you. God doesn't change his mind about you, never has. He's still working. He's still working through your mistakes, your story, your limitation. He has never changed his mind since he created you about what he intended for you to do. Joseph. Joseph was a young boy who had a dream very early that he would be someone of significance in the world. He had a dream that, that something was going to happen with his life. And one day, out of the blue, unexpected, his brothers grabbed him, ripped off his coat that he was given, threw him in a pit and sold him as a slave. Didn't see that coming. Joseph didn't see that coming. What was his legacy at that point in his life? When he was young, he had a word from God that he was going to do something significant. Then a circumstance and a situation hit Joseph. Was his legacy over when he was sitting in that pit? Was his legacy over when he was in jail in Egypt? From his perspective, probably. From God's perspective, no, because God knew the end of the story. And if you follow Joseph's story, there's a moment where he becomes second in charge of ruling the whole of Egypt. And the brothers, the very thing that had hurt him, 
the very circumstance that had derailed the purpose in his life comes before him asking for food. And Joseph says this. He said, you sold me for God sent me. You sold me. Joseph didn't deny that the situation that had happened in his life was wrong, that it hurt, that betrayal of family stung, that he wouldn't even be in Egypt if it wasn't for his brother. But he didn't say, but God sent me. He said, you sold me for God sent me. God sent me here ahead of what was just about to happen. He brought me to this position, said Joseph, so I could save the lives of many people. In Genesis 50, he said this, he said, You intended to harm me, but God intended it for good. Let me tell you this morning, if we could shift our perspective from the blind man sitting on the side of the road, seeing our circumstances just in front of us and seeing our legacy finished to turning it around and seeing it from Jesus' perspective who knows the end of the story and he knows that the call of God on your life is irrevocable. He knows that the purposes and plans that he has for you cannot be removed. If we could shift our perspective to see what is in front of us, from what is in front of us to what God sees, we would know that maybe God put us through that. Jesus sent the blind man to wash his eyes in the pool of Siloam. The pool of Siloam means sent. Isn't that interesting? I'm blind but I was sent. I don't understand, but I was sent. I can't see, but I've been sent. What if, what if the one circumstance the one situation that you thought spelt the end of your legacy, what if that was the situation that God sent you through to be the miracle? What if that miracle changes lives around you? So we can pick up those scriptures we know, Romans 8, 28. And we know that God causes everything to work together for the good of those who love God and are called according to His purpose. For God knew His people in advance and He chose them to become like His Son so that His Son would be the firstborn among many brothers and sisters. And having chosen them, He called them to come to Him. And having called them, He gave them right standing with Himself. And having given them right standing, He gave them His glory. What shall we say about such wonderful things as these? If God is for us, who can ever be against us? Let's stand.
different story, same legacy, same intention. So many different stories in this room today. Same intention for your life is that God's glory would shine from your life. God asked me today to declare something over your life. And he wanted me to declare this morning that there is nothing, no circumstance, no situation, no position of your birth, no person, no physical issue, nothing that is strong enough to dictate to you what is possible for your legacy. This happened so the power of God might be seen through you. Legacy, different perspective. Your story to date does not define your legacy. Your story to date has been written to bring glory to God. The one part of your story that you thought defined you and set you on a path is the part of your story that God wants to use to bring glory to Him. Our stories are all different. The legacy we are called to leave is different, but the purpose is the same, is to bring glory to God. Jesus declared no one was to blame. No one was to blame for the man's blindness. And I've had situations where I've grappled before God to say, God, was it me? Is it because I didn't have enough faith? Was it them? Why me? Why them? We don't know. But one thing we know is that Jesus, when He looks at you, He says, I can turn that story into a miraculous, life-changing, victorious, purpose-filled, love-filled, life-filled story that will bring glory to my name because I will find purpose in that story. I will find purpose in that story. Let's just close our eyes before God. You know, there's one thing in this message is that God's intention for your life never alters, but our choices do. God gave us the the independent will to choose. And the Bible also says that all of us have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. That means every single person on the planet has missed the mark. We can't get right before God on our own. And, and 
what that does, what sin does is it separates us from God's intention for our lives. Our choices separate us from God's intention. And so right into the middle of that, God said, I need a sacrifice for all time. And he sent his son, Jesus, to die on a cross. And that moment is filled with power and love and forgiveness. Because instead of you living in the consequences and the construct of the choices and the sins of your own life, Jesus came and died and rose again and said, I'm going to cut that off at the pass that you might not live in the consequences of your own choices and your own sins, but that I would give you new life, that I would forgive those sins which have gone before you and I would set you on a path which re-establishes you and your relationship with God in the intention that I always had for your life. And maybe you're here this morning and you're living in a life which is the result of things that weren't your fault and some, maybe some situations are a result of your choices. But let me tell you this morning, there is a God who loves you and there is a God who wants to change that today. And He wants to come into your life. He wants to cut off the past and give you a new day today. If that's you this morning and you've never asked Jesus to come into your life, you've never asked Him to forgive your sins, I'm going to ask you to do something. If God's speaking to you, I just want you to put your hand up while every eye's closed and every head's bowed. Put your hand up and you can put it down again. And we're going to pray for you because something is going to be extraordinary today. God's going to do something extraordinary. He's going to come into your life and you're going to experience freedom and forgiveness like you've never experienced before. Thank you for listening. If this message has impacted you in any way, please don't hesitate to contact us at c3h.life.